Welcome to another episode of Shinwags. We are here with my best friend and co-host, Aaron J. Hi. Hi. Get off me. And also we've got our guest, Mr. Lee Hudson. How are you, Lee? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, a little bit knackered. I've just got off a plane from Amsterdam this morning. So, uh, um, yeah, had a, had a fun few days out there. Yeah. Not too fun, I hope. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm too old to have proper fun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I did see you went to watch football out there. I did. I, I crammed in three games over the weekend. I saw two games on Saturday, one on Sunday, like in between doing shows and stuff. So, um, yeah, I got plenty, uh, plenty of football in out there, um, including two games. The two games in a day was was tough. I wasn't sure if it was going to be doable time wise, but I managed to rag my rental car down the motorway from here in Veen to Arnhem uh, to <laughs> to catch a four thirty p.m. game and then a nine o'clock game. Yeah. As, as busy as you are as a comedian, mate, I know that you've done that for gigs. So don't even give me that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it, man. It's uh, yeah, it's what it's about. Who are you going to see out there? Um, so on the Saturday, I saw um, Heronveen versus NEC um, at Heronveen, um, which was that game finished one all. There's a couple of interesting players on the NEC team. I don't know if you, um, I mean, you guys must have played a fair bit of football manager in your time. Yeah. Um, there was a guy yeah, up front for NEC. With foot, played football manager. There was no, <laughs> you played a fair bit of football in your time. <laughs> um, there's a, there was a guy up front for NEC, Bass Dost. Yeah. Um, big Dutch forward he used to play for like Sporting Lisbon and Wolfsburg um, he was like 35 he looked about 50 though uh, but he still scored um, he's got a bit of class about him who, who um, that he used to play for Cardiff that he looked about 50 because he had like full head of grey hair Graham Kavanagh yeah you oh yeah, yeah I remember him yeah decent set pieces <laughs> him as well yeah um, but yeah I saw that game and then I went down to Arnhem to watch uh, Vitesse against uh, Excelsior Rotterdam um, and that one was a fucking terrible game. It was nil-nil. Um, <laughs> you know. It's been three games and two of them have been draws. Yep. Yeah, uh, and then uh, I went to Ajax on the Sunday, um, which, you know, I go to Amsterdam and I get to watch one of the worst Ajax teams ever um, <laughs> play because like, they've had great teams the last few years. Like They had that Champions League run um, when, they had a, when they had a really good team. They had a run to the Europa League final when they lost to United. Um, and then, yeah, all the good players left. Their good managers have moved on and then they're just, they're in a low place at the moment. I think they're third bottom because they, they lost 2-1 to AZ when I was there. But their goal was pretty much a consolation. They did nothing the whole game. Um, and the fans were not happy. They didn't quite tear up the place like they did against Feyenoord a couple of weeks ago. Um, they, they, they were just booing and angry, but they... Um, yeah, they weren't happy with what they were watching, and uh, I don't blame them because it was it was pretty terrible. Like, obviously, they lost a bunch of players. They lost Ten Hag as well, and then they've just done a bad job replacing them. The new manager doesn't seem up to much. They've brought some academy kids through who aren't good enough, and they've signed some players who aren't as good as the ones they replaced. So it's um, yeah, they're not in a good place at the moment. Yeah, they because they sold that kudos to us, and he looks different ball game. Yeah, he scored it all. Yeah, obviously. He went, Anthony went to uh, United, Timber went to Arsenal. Um, there's a couple of like, experienced players they lost the year before, like Blint went and uh, Tadic left as well. Um, they've just been hemorrhaging players. Yeah, it's mad. How, um, how toxic is the atmosphere at Ajax at the moment? Because obviously you would have missed the big kerfuffle, the couple of... Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it was... 
It was pretty toxic. I mean, I, um, I mean, I'm used to that because I'm a Southampton fan, and <laughs> we've had it pretty toxic um, recently. But I, I, I got the same feeling there as I did at some Saints games, where it's like the fans are just already turning up negative, like from the first minute kind of thing. And as soon as like a pass goes astray or something, um, or the opposition create a couple of chances, there's just like you can just feel like the negativity bubbling. And it was one of those kind of uh, situations where just they weren't really getting that much behind the team. The ultras at one end sort of were, but I sat down the opposite end for them on purpose. Because um, <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't want any of that. Um, but even, even the sort of more family section I was in, people, people were shouting all sorts. If I spoke Dutch, I could probably tell you uh, that it wasn't pleasant, but it didn't seem pleasant <laughs> on their faces anyway. Just aggressive. <laughs> yeah, it was very aggressive. So obviously we brought you on Shumag to have a little chat with you, Lee, because uh, mm-hmm. you are what we call a footballer nutcase, aren't you? You you were a goalkeeper. <laughs> a little bit, yeah, yeah. I played um, I played academy football and then went into non-league after getting released at sixteen. Um, played sort of various levels until uh, an ACL cut me short at twenty five, and then went into coaching and scouting. Um, so I've scouted a lot of non-league as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a goalkeeper when I was on the pitch and still do occasionally recreationally. Um, if comedians I get a call from a, from a desperate five-a-side team or something. Do you play the comedians football? I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, that people don't like it when I go in goal down there though. Um, cause I like when I'm on pitch, I'm, I'm pretty average, but if I go in goal down there and the little goals at power league, um, and I take it seriously, it's, uh, it's not fun for them. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Jake Steers has banged a few past you to be fair <laughs> <laughs> oh that boy likes a tall tale <laughs> so like obviously you just said that you uh, you got released at 16 like as a 16 year old lad how does that feel because like you, you're living the dream until that point isn't you hmm? yeah a little bit and it's um, it's a weird one as a keeper because even when I went into the non-league game, like I, I, like I got released at 16 there and I went and played under 18s football at um, national league level or conference as it was back then. And uh, you sort of know that you're not really going to get a first team chance unless a miracle happens because especially at that level, managers don't want to put a kid in goal. Um, it's um, like, it's a big risk on their part. And uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's a lot to, uh, to sort of try and take on, oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> that's why I ended up sort of dropping down the levels until I found the level where I could actually break into the first team kind of thing. Because yeah. I played under 18s football, I got a little bit of reserve football at that level as well. Um, but then it's just like, as soon as like a keeper gets injured, manager just brings in a loan sign in or something or yeah. like a free transfer from somewhere. Because it's like they, they'd rather put in, I don't know, like a 34 year old that hasn't played for three months than a 16, 17. 18 year old that's fresh off the bench unless you're a freak um but I mean I, I was I, I got quite tall quite early I hit like six foot by 14 but I was just a, an absolute beanpole um which isn't the case now um after I stopped <laughs> playing <laughs> um the metabolism caught up with me a little bit but yeah I was just like I was there was nothing of me as well so um I remember even at the levels I dropped down to I remember my first game I was playing Wessex League which is um sort of it's like the regional league for Hampshire and Surrey and sort of a little yeah. bit of Berkshire a little bit of Dorset it's mainly Hampshire teams though and um I got given my debut there as 17 um got chucked in 
first team football, which was, yeah, we were playing an aggressive team. Like, as soon as the, the other team won a corner, you could just see them licking their lips. They just stuck like all, all their biggest players around me in swinging corner and just put me in the back of the net with it. Um, and yeah, I had some fans behind the goal just giving me all sorts of dogs abuse as well because um, they knew they could try and like rattle a teenager, which was, yeah, baptism of fire. What was the, what was the score on your debut? <laughs> we lost 3-0. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, to be fair, it was, it was a game that, that, that you know, we, were, we were sort of a lower mid-table team. We, that was against one of the top teams, so. No, you can. How many were your fault though? Um, I blame the set pieces on the uh, on the teammates not protecting me. To be honest, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, they scored a couple from set pieces, and the third one was just yeah, just low cross and a finish, open play. Not much I could do about that. So you so you went sort of like so you dropped down the leagues to make sure you can play. How long? How much longer was it you played until your ACL went? Uh, Twenty five was when I stopped, um, and. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was um, it's just always like good camaraderie playing at that level. Just uh, either jumping on some rickety mini bus to an away game, or all piling in cars and stuff, and getting out of there. But it was weird, like going into changing rooms with with adults when I was a teenager, um, just because like you know, obviously when you're a teenager playing with other teenagers, there's a little bit of banter. But then you go into a dressing room full of people in their late 20s, early 30s, and it's a bit of an eye-opener. Yeah. Some of the things they're talking about, you're like, fucking hell. Um, this, is, uh, this is very, uh, like, it was quite intense. And I think that was, um, it was probably like a good grounding for doing comedy as well. Just oh. learning to try and, like, hang banter-wise with just some of the most rotten adults you can imagine. That's what I was going to say. How, um, how would you compare a first-team dressing room to a comedy green room? uh way more vile um yeah. <laughs> i think that might be just because everyone's half naked as well um <laughs> although depending on whose dressing room you've been in uh whose yeah. green room you've been in whatever <laughs> <laughs> as well i don't know um it's just it's just very it's just very masculine isn't it this like ultimate level of toxic masculinity almost just um you know there's half the guys are talking about who or what they did um <laughs> the night before the game um all sorts of stuff going on um you know, even even at that level, like it was weird because it was sort of level where you should take it seriously because we were getting paid for it. But there were still some lads turning up like half cut yeah. um, as well. Um, and then, but then there were some there were some lads who were who were taking it ultra seriously, like eating right, living right, and you know they were the ones who then moved on up the levels kind of thing. But um, yeah, it was it was it was a weird environment to step into, like 17, 18 year old kind of thing. Because we had a um, we had another guest on, and we were talking about like under 18 joining into the men's team and now they get the offer of a separate dressing room to get changed in stuff like that but yeah I'm guessing that probably wasn't about when you were playing league <laughs> oh no no it definitely wasn't um <laughs> uh, that definitely wasn't because I mean I'm I'm 38 now so we're talking like 20 years ago um or so that was from um, sponsored Lucas aid by the way just I didn't so you know. get the logo in so you've just made you a ticket no reason <laughs> if there is a sponsor I ain't getting any of it so <laughs> I haven't got a sponsor. Yeah, yeah, we had. A oh, room. yeah, there was no, um, there was no, there was no separate changing rooms. There was no uh, consideration for welfare or anything back in those days. Um, it was, you know, you either you either up to it or you're not. You're not going to get, get, up and get on with it. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any initiations or anything like that when you were playing? No, not really. Um, there'd occasionally be, you know, pranks or something that like someone would 
if someone got back in from training or from a game early, they'd, you know, just go and like put someone's like bag out in the rain or something, just stupid stuff like that. Um, all the old, all the old classics as well, like deep heat in someone's pants and stuff like that. Just all the I've, old favorites. I've done that before. So I haven't put deep heat in someone's pants, but I used deep heat in my legs and then I went for a piss. <laughs> And I hadn't washed my hands previous to going for the, for the piss. And I that, that's not fun. That's all I'm saying. You should have washed your no, hands. You don't, <laughs> you, yeah. don't be, you don't want to be doing that. Yeah. Oh, dear. But no, it's good. To, um, so, like, I was a bit shocked, actually, when you told me that you were a goalkeeper because goalkeepers are notorious for being, like, loose cannons, a little bit mental. <laughs> and, Lee, you're, you're the opposite to that from what I know, mate. Unless, unless you're holding <laughs> well. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I do comedy now, so that's that's a little bit nuts. Um, different, just different type of nuts. I don't think all. I mean, there's there's that stereotype about keepers, but I don't think it's like true of all of them. Um, it's true in some cases. Um, when I was playing though, I'd I'd say centre backs were one of the more mental people I came across. Yeah, always had especially like non-league centre backs because most of them are just very violent people. <laughs> um. <laughs> It seemed it's like you got to be if you're like you just up for a war every game. Um, whereas, yeah, keepers are a little bit more. Yeah, but although it did like you do have to be very vocal and very command, especially like you know going into that environment in non-league as a teenager and you're having to shout at defenders um, and try and tell them what to do because sometimes they will just turn around and tell you to fuck off. Um, <laughs> but it's um, did, um, did yeah. you, you ever find like being a seventeen-year-old goalkeeper sort of making your debut in like? men's football did you ever find like the the players kind of look, looked after you a little bit sort of put their arms around you oh yeah the opposite oh yeah definitely yeah yeah the um yeah the players were good the manager was good with it as well um because like they said there's a bit of banter but at the end of the day they they want you and need you to do well because you're you know you're on the team and it's <laughs> you know it's, it's their their stuff at stake as well so yeah no people people were decent and there was like nothing ever really i'd say crossed the line or anything um it was more like opposition just like I say licking their lips if they see a teenager there so your teammates would then you know try and protect you a little bit the best they could and uh and like I say the, the manager made sure as well that you know if there are any fans like oh why are you putting him in or anything um they was just like you know oh he's good just trust him kind of thing yeah. um and you know I, I I'd like to think I repaid the faith to a certain degree I wasn't a bad player um at that level it's just um it's a bit of an like an adaptation period when you go in at that age having only played with people the same age as you yeah so what would you say was like the number one difference between the academy to non-league because being in an academy you're going to be banned a lot of football I'd imagine yeah and then yeah it's mainly mainly just the the results based sort of I mean back then academy because academy football's changed so much over the years um you know I've got I went from from that to ended up coaching it and it's and it's very very different now it's very development oriented back then it was sort of you know biggest and strongest kids to the front and you're actually going to try and win games but there wasn't really much tactical going on at academy level it's very um you know very basic whereas certain games at adult level you're asked to do things that you're never asked to do at you know, academy level. I mean, there was one game <laughs> we went and played the game. This was towards the towards the back end before I started, before I finished. This was like when I was twenty five. Um, we had a game towards the end of the season. Our season was done. We were mid table. Um, nothing was going on for us. It was just sort of seeing out the season. Games were meaningless, and we went and played a team that we didn't particularly like, and they were challenging for the league. 
Um, and the manager just sold it to us that we were going to go there and shit out some. Uh, we weren't going to leave our half. We were, we were going to play four five one. We weren't going to leave our half. We were just going to part the bus. Um, we were time wasting from the first half. Um, <laughs> just, just like, just the most horrible. And it's that sort of stuff. Like you don't really get taught that in academy football how to, how to just be horrible like that. And we went there in that game, and that was hilarious because after the game we were celebrating like we'd won it. Their players refused to shake our hands. They were calling us a disgrace and all sorts. <laughs> Um, but we, we literally, we literally just went there to upset them. Um, even though, and they were like, they were like, why are you doing this? You ain't got anything to play for. And we were just like, we don't lie you. We're going to, we're going to do this all day long. And I, I was pulling out all the old ones. Like when the ball went behind for a goal kick, their players were running to get it for me and they'd put it down near the six yard box and I'd walk over and pick it up and take it over to the other side. Um, all of those ones, like if they got, if they committed a foul or something and it was a free kick I could take, I'd roll the ball out in front of me and kick it while it was moving. So the ball's now down the other end of the pitch and the ref's like, no, you kicked it while it's moving. Got to bring it back. Um, <laughs> just the all... worst thing is I can picture you doing this, Lee. <laughs> oh, mate, all the old classics. Um, it wasn't in that game, but a different game. I remember one where someone overhit a through ball and it's come through to me. And I've done the thing as a keeper where you just stand there waiting for the striker to come and close you down. Um, and this guy ran towards me and I bent down to pick the ball up and he's, he's turned away before I've picked it up. So I just stood back up again. I didn't, I didn't touch it. And he's, he's gone 30 yards back. Um, and then he turned around because his teammates were shouting at him and he had to run all the way back. And just as I actually picked it up this time, he just went, you're a cunt. Um, and I just laughed and said, I, I know, mate. <laughs> I've, done, I've done something similar in a game where we were like, it wasn't, we weren't even like in that type of game. We were losing like 9-1. So I just started time wasting at the point of nine one, and I did something similar where I just stood there and made the striker come running all the way yeah. down, picked up the ball, and he was just like, and I did it every I time wasted so bad just so that we didn't hit that double figures. We were getting <laughs> banged. Uh, yeah, was, I, I mean, if I was playing up front, I'd hate people for doing that. But if there's a seventeen year old kid in goal doing that, I'd be like, I want to kill him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, um. You've had your injury, you've you've moved on and you sort of you did a bit of scouting and that, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did scouting at like National League level, National League South and like Ismian League. Um as well. I've done like stuff. Is that right? What we've got on our notes? Is that you discovered Jamie <laughs> <Who>? Garden? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish, mate. That would have been uh, that would have been a great story. Um <laughs> no, I saw like some good players um in non-league level. Um there was a few that made it through to to decent levels of the game and um None that I found. Um, but no, there was there, there was there was there was some good ones. I did some like some work in like League One and League Two as well, um, which was interesting. But yeah, seeing players in non-league and trying to figure out if they could like work higher up. But main, mainly what I was doing was opposition reporting. Yeah. Um, so teams would pay me to go and watch someone write a report and tell them how you know I would recommend playing against them. Um, and to be honest, in non-league level, I could copy and paste a lot of my reports because a lot of time it was it was four four two. They go long to the big man. Little man plays off the pieces. Um, so many teams were just like completely one-dimensional. Um, but I had, I had some fun doing that. I remember there was one game <laughs> where um, game games finished like halftime uh, has been blown. Um, they finished the first half, and it was one of these non-league grounds where like you have to like go around the back of the stand to go to the toilets. Yeah. And I went to the toilets and there was like no one else around because it was a pretty low attended midweek. Um, this was Ismian League South um, game. And there was like, it was a proper old ground as well. And there was like a crack um, in, the, in the dressing room window and I could hear the whole manager's team talk. So I just recorded it on my phone. 
um, just stood <laughs> stood around the back of the changing rooms, just holding my phone up to this shit like window. In a shit house as a scout. As well. <laughs> Um, yeah, just I just recorded the whole team talk, and I I just sent the manager my audio file for that as well. I was like, because the team were one nil down at that time. I was like, if, if you know, if they're one nil down against you, this is what we'd be telling them probably. Um, the manager's probably gone out to his scout, and, and the manager of his scout was going, that Lee Hudson, get him in there, mate. He's like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. <laughs> he was on one of the benches recording the team talk. <laughs> it didn't do my reputation any harm. I tell you that much. Um, <laughs> but no, it's. It was good fun. But then there were some teams that I watched at that level who they were really interesting to watch. Um, like I remember at the time, um, Dulwich Hamlet were, conference, uh, not Conference South, they were um, Ryman League South. I watched them go like through the divisions um, and they had some really good players. And every time you watch them, it's like, oh, I've got to figure out what they're doing because um, they've got some some decent players and they've actually got a game plan when they turn up. So there was interesting teams. I remember Bogner Regis as well were in that league and they had, um, some like interesting playing patterns that I had to try and figure out. But yeah, Dulwich, Dulwich and Bogner were always two teams where I was like, oh, it'd be fun watching them because I actually have to figure something out. But Dulwich at the time, they had a player who um, he ended up in, like, I think League One was the highest he went. There was um, a little lad who's like uh, half English, half Turkish, Aaron Oztuma. Um He ended up playing for yeah. Peterborough, Bolton, um, and I think maybe Walsall as well. Um, but yeah, I saw him when he was playing Ismian League South. Um, and you could tell he was a cut above because he was like playing as a number 10, scoring like 30 goals a season, just <laughs> yeah. wicked on set pieces as well. Um, but then there's some that, that flopped as well. There was another guy up front, um, Daniel Carr, I think his name was, who played up front for Dulwich that season as well. He got bought by Huddersfield um, and just ended up completely flopping and working his way back down to non-league, I think. It's weird, isn't it? Because I, I, we, we watch a fair bit in non-league and... Um... There's always like every now and again I just see a player where I think, why are you playing non-league football? Yeah. And and wonder, I mean, to be- what's what's get because I, I sit there thinking like, surely there must be scouts come and watch the non-league. They must see these players. They must hear about these players. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of clubs do it because it's um you know it's cost effective as well. I remember there was a while I went to watch quite a few games at um, Hemel Hempstead when they were Conference South, um, and a bunch of their players ended up playing. Uh, like league football, Jamal Lowe was there at the time. A guy called Oliver yeah. Hawkins who ended up playing for. Um, was it? Well, he was at Pom- he was at Pompey and Ipswich for a bit. Yeah, um, there's a guy called Nicky Kabamba as well. He ended up at Pompey. What's the ball about? Loved Nicky Kabamba. We had him on. Yeah, Colchester. Oh, he must play for Colchester then. He did. He came <laughs> only very briefly from Portsmouth, I think. Yeah, yeah. And they'd paid money for him from I think it was Hampton and Richmond. Yeah, and such a such a good player, mate. Just a yeah. Quick, I think he went from Hemel to Hemel to Hampton to, to Pompey. Yeah, yeah. Baller, what a player. Yeah. So yeah, it's just seeing people like that it was interesting. Um, going through the leagues and uh, yeah, some some people I saw yeah moved up through and uh, is, I went to watch. Um, I remember watching Bourne, Bournemouth when they were. Um, down in the lower leagues as well under Eddie Howe and they were another one where it's like oh crap I've got to actually do some work here to to figure out their um what they're doing <laughs> um, I actually watched their Matt Colchester once um <laughs> two teams gone in different directions <laughs> so not <laughs> leave it out Lee. come on <laughs> <laughs> so, so not everyone that listens is going to know what the job of a scout is like 
you know, when you're turning up in games, sort of what is your role? Are you sort of turning up in an anorak with a camera poking out the middle and recording the games? Or <laughs> he works the league. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's mainly just you, you turn up with a notepad and like the other team knows you're there because your name's on the door as well. Um, or if, if they're the home team, they know you're there. If they're the away team, they don't know who's on the door unless they ask. Um, so, so but yeah, you just turn up. Like went to the away games rather than the home games. So they didn't know you were there. Nah, most teams know that someone's going to be watching, to be honest. You kind of expect it. Um, and in those leagues now, all the match footage gets uploaded to like a central hub so everyone can watch each other's games anyway. Yeah. Um, but the further down the leagues you go, it gets harder to get any footage of anyone. Um, so sometimes I literally would be with my phone out recording all the like corners and free kicks and stuff. And um, so I could like send them the, the videos of corners and go, oh, this is how they set up on the corners and stuff. Um, whereas some teams, when I was doing like League One, League Two, they just want, oh, we want to know how you saw the game. We're going to watch it on video anyway, but we just want that, you know, other pair of eyes on it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have to, I didn't have to get my phone out <laughs> at League One games recording those because like, we're going to get the footage anyway. Um, did you ever yeah, did it, go, oh, for fuck's sake, got to go to stuff. <laughs> um, I got I got sent some pretty far flung places. Most of it was, um, I remember one time. Um, it, was, it was an FA Cup game and uh, the team I was working for, they drew a team up north um, in the Conference North. And I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> where's the furthest south they're playing? And the furthest south that they were playing um, for me to have a chance to watch them before the FA Cup game, they were playing away at Gainsborough Trinity, um, <laughs> which is, yeah, it's like Lincolnshire. Um, <laughs> that, was, that, that, was, that was a fair old trek, to be honest. <laughs> That's a, that is a rare old trek <laughs> yeah it's not a nice place either Gainsborough uh, apologies if anyone's listening from Gainsborough but it was grim <laughs> I very much doubt it <laughs> <laughs> so like um, what sort of qualifications did you have to have to go or, or was it kind of like just a thing of like I've played I still want to stay in the game so you sort of just yeah, but, or... I mean I was, I was taking my coach, uh, coaching qualifications at the same time and um, a lot of the scouting that I did was through just contacts that I made either through coaching or from my playing days. Um, and a lot of times it'd be like, oh, you know, I'll do one report for you, you know, unpaid just to show you what I can do kind of thing. And then people be like, okay, you know what you're talking about. Um, this information is useful. Um, and then just getting recommended to other people and stuff or so managers move clubs. Comedy industry then, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I I've not long ago done my UA for A license. Um, haven't got the full qualification yet, but I've been like through the the levels of qualifications and that. Um, so it's um, yeah, haven't really done much with it recently because I've been taking a little break because of comedy. Um, it's, it was quite intense. I was juggling the two of them um, for a little while, which was um, which was a lot. But it's the sort of thing where it's like it'd be really easy just to dip back into that world, um, having taken a little break. So, like, is that where you see your career now? Do you want to carry on scouting? Um, I mean, there wasn't that scouting, not really that great money in it, to be honest, at the levels I was doing it. Um, if you can get employed at like a, you know, a pro club, um, then it's, you're laughing, but it's so hard to get those roles and people tend to stay in them for a long time as well. Um, so I, I was sort of doing it on a sort of almost just contracted like freelance basis because a lot of those clubs the lower down clubs all their scouts are like that They're, there's there's a head of um like head of scouting who will do like the recruitment and match sort of analysis like opposition analysis um, and they'll be heading that up on their own like a bit of a one-man band and they'll just have all these like 
people on for freelance because like a lot of the work I did in League One and League Two especially was for Northern clubs because mm-hmm. they didn't want to pay for someone to go to travel down to watch mm-hmm. Leighton Orient or to go and watch Exeter or to no, go and watch Swindon or someone. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it'd be it'd be cheaper, for, more cost effective for them to have someone in the south that they could send to those games. Yeah. Um, so it would be really hard to make a living from it because a lot of the time those I mean those clubs don't have much money at the best times, um, and all I'd get is like I'd get paid sort of like eighty quid for the report plus expenses for the day. Um, so it'd be quite hard to make much money out of that. But um, you know, I've driven I've driven further for less for comedy. So. Um, <laughs> I'm used so, to I'm used to mo- I'm used to motor, motorway miles for, uh, for very little in return. <laughs> so I suppose um, the important bit is a little bit of background about you. So obviously you're a you're a stand-up comedian now. Mm. Um, what do you want to? You're also doing a podcast yourself as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Just to... um, yeah, I do a podcast with a bunch of Americans um, who, uh, who who know a surprisingly large amount of the other game. Um, they they love it as well. So um, I'm actually recording it later tonight. I'm recording it at half past midnight uh, because I do it on their time. They're out in Los Angeles. It's called the Soccer Comic Rant. So it's a very American name as well. Um, but uh, the main guy heads up as a guy, Ian Edwards, who's a fantastic comedian. Um, but that's always good fun. We just go and we just we just chat shit about the Premier League. And there's one guy on there who's a Spurs fan, so we just try and shit on Spurs, which is hard at the moment, um, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, <laughs> They'll fall. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> they always do. Uh, they always get cocky. They're always top early on in the season, aren't they? So uh, they've done it the last few seasons. So I'm hoping they fall off, but they actually look all right this year. So I'm a bit worried because um, I like the I like, I like the manager as well. He's decent. He's great, isn't he? I was, I was a bit sceptical when they signed him to be their manager. I was kind of like, well, I don't know what he's going to do. And then when Kane went, I went, well, they're going to struggle. In fact, we do yeah. a Premier League um, predictor and I had Spurs in the bottom half of the table. Yeah, a big mistake. It's only because you're a West Ham fan. Yeah, that too. <laughs> like, well, yeah. that, like the signings weren't even really that inspired as well. Like the new keeper came in and it's like, okay, well, he's coming from like a real sort of lower bottom half Syria team and like the German centre back they signed. I'm like they, you know, they weren't really sort of glamorous signings, but to be fair, he's like he, he seems like a manager who gets the best out of players who aren't stars. And like he's got Bissouma playing as well. And I think Kane leaving is probably a good thing for them because it forces people to step up a little bit. They can't just rely on him to be like their savior. Yeah, I think he is probably the best English striker that we've ever seen. So it makes me yeah. to say that as well, especially when like Antonio plays for us, but. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ex, ex Southampton legend as well. He scored for us in the Johnson's Paint Trophy final. Did he really? Yeah, he was. Play, he joined us playing as a fullback or a winger. Um, we got him on loan from Reading He's back fun, when we yeah. were in League One. So did we? <laughs> did Antonio? <laughs> he did. I, I, didn't, know I didn't rate him. I thought his end product was poor. His end product. He did alright for us, to be fair. He wasn't very like refined though. He was quite raw because he like he he'd signed for Reading on from um, Tottenham Mitcham. He played for Tottenham Mitcham non-league, um, and then Reading signed him, and then they farmed him out to us when we were League One, um, and they were Championship. So it was, uh, yeah, he he did well for us that season though. He um yeah he mate he was quality and not the forest. That's how I heard about him because uh, my old man's a Forest fan and. Uh, he used to rave about him and I used to think that he ain't going to be that good and then West Ham signed him and I was like, yeah, I love him. the best player. Like, Ballon d'Or, here we come. And then, 
he's been a he's been a good man for us. So uh, yeah, yeah, he's very he's he's very he's very effective at what he does. Um, it's a little bit of a shame that his fitness is letting down sometimes, like injury wise. Is um, he the sort of player that you'd have scouted and said, "Go on, get him on." Maybe I don't know. Because like I say, when I saw him at Saints, he was he was playing as a winger and sometimes a fullback, which was um, obviously completely different to now. He's like this, you know, sort of big, like number nine target man kind of player, um, which is oh, um, he, he, he hadn't he hadn't quite filled out as much yeah, um, yeah, yeah. when he was playing for us. He was he was a little bit little bit slimmer. So um, yeah, you could see there was something there, but he was very raw. Like I say, he was very unrefined when he played for us. But he always caused teams problems. Have you discovered anyone as a as a non-league, League One, League Two scout? Have you suggested any signings to the clubs that you've been working for and they've ended up signing them? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> not really. A lot, a lot of the time, no, people didn't. Um, there, was, uh, there was players I recommended who, who, for one reason or another, didn't happen. Um, there was one club, because I saw... Um, he's now playing for Saints, actually, a guy called Joe Arabo. Um, I saw him playing as a teenager for Staines Town, um, and he he was on their college scheme, and he was he was seventeen in the first team, and you could see that he had something about him. Um, and there was a club, uh, National League South, uh, that I was working for. I recommended him to them, um, but then Charlton came in and just blew him out of the water um, financially. <laughs> so he he ended up going from uh, from Staines to Charlton. So he um, yeah he was one that I saw when he was young, and then just. Yeah, the club I recommend didn't have, didn't have the financial clout to compete with uh, compete with Charlton. Fair, it's fair, it's fair enough. I mean, so you went from professional, it was under 16s professional academy to the national league to step. Was it step three, the Wessex League? No, no, it was um, it was step five, step, step five, five, and then yeah, because it's obviously uh, yeah, yeah, it's like below. Um, the sort of the Ryman levels, yeah. Ismian League kind of Southern League levels, um, down below that. And pl- I played at five, five and six was where I spent most of my time. Mm-hmm. So, what was the what's the main difference between the two environments from a footballer's perspective? What was the big sort of the d- difference in the dressing room, the coaches, the ethos? <laughs> what is the big sort of difference? Um, I would say uh, at academy level, you got you got coached. A bit more, um, whereas uh, at non-league it was um, it was a bit more just like keeping you ticking over kind of thing and trying to get you organised yeah. um, as a team rather than there wasn't really much individual development going on. Whereas in academies you do get a bit more individual development, um, so it was just sort of like here, like whereas uh, you know first team level it was like this is how what I need you to do as part of the team kind of thing. Um, but it was sort of then, can you do it or not? You weren't really given a chance to like, you know, be taught it or anything. You can't, you kind of have to learn on the job and then you either are up to the task or you're not. Um, so it, it was, it was quite ruthless um, at times. There wasn't really much room for development in a sort of patient sense. If you could develop quickly in that environment, it was, you know, you were great, but if not, then it was, um, <laughs> you're out on your ass kind of thing. <laughs> I've got a question um, before we wrap up. You play the comedians football. It's notorious in London. Uh, loads of comedians turn up through the years. It's been going on and on. Is there anyone yeah. that you think, oh, yeah, you could have been? Because I've heard Vittorio's pretty handy. Yeah, he's decent. Um, Ali Woods is decent. Um, Ross Smith's decent. I've heard Ross Smith. Um, yeah. 
yeah, he's he's got low, that low center of gravity, like decent close control and stuff. Good finisher. Keep <laughs> um, mate, simple. <laughs> um, yeah, Michael Adewale is decent as well. He's always a menace as a striker when he plays. Um, he hasn't played for a little bit though. Um, yeah, some decent people down there, and then there's some rubbish that turns up like Steers as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine comedians right. and then top of people that all turn up and go, "Yeah, we're all strikers." No, no. It's, um, I mean, most people aren't fit, so they just sit at the back. Um, there's, uh, there's not too many glory boys, to be fair. Um, and you know, it's, it's to be fair, it's, the, the level is very mixed. Um, mixed ability. There's some people there who, who are quite decent, and then there's some people who haven't got it at all. Like you, you know that. Like there's some people you look up and you're like, well, they're they're the only passing option, so I kind of have to pass it to them. But then you need to. You're already thinking about what you're going to do when they lose the ball. Um, <laughs> so leave yeah, a minute left. Plug yourself. Tell people who where they can find you. Uh, Lee Hudson Comedy on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, I post a little bit of football stuff up there when I'm at games and stuff as well. And there's uh, obviously some, some comedy bits on there as well. Brilliant. Perfect. Thank you, Lee. It's been lovely chatting to you. Yeah, likewise. Cheers, guys. Cheers, man. Cheers, mate.